Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. We are in our It's a Wonderful Life series, our Christmas series. If you are a Grinch, it's okay. I'm going to pray for you. I'm believing God's going to resurrect your love for Christmas, Moon. I'm talking to you. Um, but hey, does anybody here love Thanksgiving? Like, you're like, Thanksgiving is my holiday. This is my holiday. I don't need Jesus in a manger. I don't, you do need Jesus in a manger. Don't blaspheme, okay? You do need Jesus in a manger. I need the turkey. I need the ham. All right, anybody here like a Christmas person, a Christmas fiend? Like, come on. I'm a Christmas fiend. I love Christmas. Um, I love watching Christmas movies. You know, you'll shoot your eye out, anyone? Come on. It's a Christmas story. Come on. I love Christmas movies, so I'm really excited for this upcoming Christmas season. But one year for Christmas, my mom thought it would be really awesome to buy me and my brothers these Hulk gloves. I don't know if you guys remember that, but like it was like Hulk smash. It'd make the noise and you'd punch each other and it like didn't really hurt. And you're like, yes, I can finally beat up my big brother that beat me up my whole life. Anyone know what I'm talking about? I don't know if you had bigger siblings, but I'm like, okay, this is my chance. This is my time. Like, I'm going to get my brother. So me and my brother go. I, like, stretch, you know. I got to get ready. And I put on the Hulk gloves, and, like, we're just, like, going after it. I'm like, yes, finally, I get some good shots in. And then the Hulk glove rips in half, and as I'm punching my brother, a metal part comes out and hits him in the face and cuts him in the face. And he was, like, crying and all angry. And you would think that I'd be, like, a good brother and be like, okay, I'm so sorry. Like, I, like, I should not have done that. But I actually, like, started beating him up when he was down. <laughs> and, then, and then my mom came in, and she was like, that's, that's enough, boys. And she picked me up, and I got in trouble. So let's just thank God for good moms and our Christmas season. If you are a mother here, we honor you. We love you. We love our moms here. So we are in our wonderful life series. And, and so, hey, in life, we can have very full lives. We can have very task-oriented lives. But it's possible to have a full life, but not a wonderful life. It's possible to have a full life, but it's not full of God. It's not full of the presence of God. It's not full of transformation. And so Jesus, the Bible says, came to give us life and life abundantly. He came to give us a wonderful life. And so if I can encourage you, Jesus wants to invade your full today. He wants to invade your life. Life, and he wants to bring his power. He wants to bring his presence. He wants to bring his transformation. You were not made for a mediocre life. You were not made to just go check the boxes, work your job, just survive, and then rinse, repeat, do the same thing. You were created for ex extraordinary things. You were created to make an impact on the world. So God has a wonderful life for us. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Beautiful. And so the, the title of my message today is From Pasture to Palace. Everybody say, From Pasture to Palace. Pasture to Palace. And we're going to be looking... Um, we're going to be looking at the life of King David, but really quick, before I get into that, I just want to give you guys a little quick backstory about me. Um, I grew up in uh, Southern California, sunny Southern California, San Diego, 
And um, I grew up in a loving home, but there wasn't a lot of truth like Pastor Samuel was mentioning earlier. It was a lot of compassion, a lot of grace, but I was lacking the truth that would actually empower me to grow, that would actually empower me to live the life that God has for me. And so thank God when I was 11 years old, I came to this church and I got saved. And thank God for Pastor Jesse and Kat, who are my youth leaders. Come on. Yes. They were my connect group leaders, and some of you know the story, but Pastor Jesse would just show up to my house and be like, I'm here, I've got Gatorade, I've got snacks, get in the car, we're going to church. And if he didn't, I'd be like, oh, I'm sick, you know, like, I can't make it to church today, but I'm thankful for incredible leaders who didn't just bring me to church, but who also discipled me and shepherded me and led me. And so I got to grow up here in our youth ministry. We used to be called Detonate Youth, where we're like, yeah, we're going to have explosive energy, and we're going like, to, like, blow things up for Jesus, you know, in, like, a really, like, Christian, righteous way, you know. And so, like, that's what we were all about, passionate, and um, got to grow up in our youth ministry, and then I did our internship, our Bible college here. And I don't know if any alumni are here, anyone did the internship, shout out. Come on which is now Awaken You. So if you're praying about Awaken You, do it. God is going to move powerfully in your life. And that's where God really began to build foundations, fundamentals in my life that would set me up for the incredible things that he'd have for the future. So I did the internship, and then, um, and then I spent some time in the marketplace, which I'm going to talk about later. And now I get to be our junior high pastor over all campuses and write awesome worship music. So God is really good, and he's really faithful. And so it's really beautiful to see God wants to take us from a pasture to a palace. He wants to take us from someone who is uh, in a level of, of, of obscurity and take us into a place of influence, into a place of kingship, into a place where we can transform our environments around us. And so my first point is God promotes the shepherd. Everyone say shepherd. Shepherd. We all know the song, Away in a Manger. You guys know what I'm talking about? Come on, it's going to happen at night of Christmas, get to night of Christmas. But God promotes the shepherd, so we're going to lean into the life of King David. So before we get into this, the scripture, I'm going to give us a little bit of context, right? So King, King David was uh, just a little boy or yet to be born, and the Israelites, God's children, were like, hey, everyone else around us has a king. We want a king, too. And God's like, well, I'm your king. You don't need another king. Like, I'm, I'm great. But they're like, no, no, we really, really, really want a king. We want to be like the rest of the world. And so what happened was God's like, fine, you want a king? I'll give you a king. So he anoints King Saul. And at first, King Saul's doing great, right? His resume's up to date. He's set. He's ready to go. He's got his tie on for work. He's set. He's like, I'm going to go build the kingdom. And then God asked him to invade uh, enemy city, invades the enemy city. And then God says, I want you to take no plunder. Don't take anyone's wife. Like, just chill out after, okay? But Saul could not resist. And the man had to go and take it for himself. And then God removed his anointing from Saul as king. And so fast forward now, God is ready to appoint a new king. He's ready to put his anointing on somebody. He's ready to release uh, his kingship onto the next generation. And we see the prophet Samuel uh, arrives at this, at this uh, family's house. So we can pull up the first scriptures in Samuel. Come on, Pastor Samuel apparently is really uh, young. He was all the way back in the Bible. Now he's here. Let's go. Come on. And you look that good? Come on. It's the anointing. It's the anointing. 
So it says, so this is talking about Samuel. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab, that's a cool name, Eliab, and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. So Eliab was uh, Jesse's oldest son. Next verse. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Wow, that's, that's really powerful. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Wow, how powerful is that? We live in a generation where everyone wants to just change how they look on the external. They just want to look the part. They just want to create the million-dollar success story in five minutes. They just want to look successful, but their heart is actually not in the right place. Their heart has actually been rejected by God. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't want to be someone who looks like they can do what God has called me to, but can't because my heart is not in the right place. And so, so God had rejected him. And I, and I would encourage us, let's be a people that, that are convicted to be transformed from the inside out by God. From the inside out by God. We don't want to just look like good shepherds. We want to actually be a shepherd. So the next, the next scripture it says, then Jesse, let's go, we got Pastor Jesse, we got all the biblical people, told his son, how do you say it again, Pastor Samuel? Abinadab, let's go. And Abinadab sounds like someone I want to hear his mixtape. I want to pull up that SoundCloud leap. Let's go, Abinadab. <laughs> to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. He's like, here you go. But Samuel said, this is not the one the Lord has chosen. Thank God the prophet Samuel heard the voice of the Lord. He was leaning into what God had said. See, sometimes we can look at someone with the eyes of man, but not with the eyes of God, not with the eyes of heaven. But Samuel was able to hear the voice of the Lord and see with the eyes of God so he was able to properly lead. It's really powerful. So next, Pastor Jesse summoned Shimea, but Samuel said, neither this is the one that the Lord has chosen. Wow. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Now, Jesse's probably frustrated. Samuel's frustrated. Like, God, you sent me all the way to this family. Who is it? Like, if you're going to send me, how come you haven't presented anyone? And it says, then Samuel asked, are these all the sons that you have? Who else is around? There is still the youngest, Jesse replied. Jesse was probably a little bit ashamed of the youngest. You know, there's, there's some uh, beliefs out there that maybe the youngest was from a different uh, uh, illegitimate situation. Uh, but he's out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. I will not sit down to eat until he arrives. Samuel is very honoring. You know, he's not going to eat the Chick-fil-A in front of him. He's going to wait till David has arrived. So Jesse sent for him. He was dark and handsome, just like, you know, myself. <laughs> I'm kidding. Just like, just like all of our other brown people. Let's go. And if you didn't know, David uh, means Deshaun in Hebrew. If you don't know. <laughs> With beautiful eyes. Let's go. No, no glasses needed. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. Come on. Next verse. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of olive oil, flask of olive oil, that he had brought and anointed David with the oil. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. And then Samuel returned to Ramah. This is so beautiful. What I love about, about future King David is that he wasn't found with his brothers. He wasn't found trying to look good for everyone else, but he was found with the sheep. He was found out 
protecting what God had appointed to him. See, while David's brothers, and maybe they had a good heart, but they were trying to make themselves look good, David was actually with the sheep. He was actually killing the lions. He was killing the bears. He was more concerned on actually taking care of what God had given him. See, let, I, I think at Awakened Church, we are leaders who are committed to actually authentically discipling our people, to seeing them grow, to seeing them prosper, to seeing them flourish. See, at Awaken Church, we don't want to just look good, but we actually are committed to let God transform us from the inside out. And this one's a little bonus. In the future, when, when Jesus is on earth, he sees the Pharisees. He sees the current church leaders. And what's really interesting is he wasn't like, Pharisees, good job. You're killing it. All right, I'm going up to heaven. Like, you guys are good. He actually calls them whitewashed tombs. He says, you look beautiful on the outside, but you're rotten on the inside. How interesting is that? That's what a religious spirit will want you to do. It'll want you to make your outside look real good, which, come on, let's look good. We are good-looking people. But, you, but the inside has been left unattended. But the inside has a level of corruption. God wants to make your inside beautiful. And what happens is when you're right on the inside, your external begins to reflect that. Your external begins to look beautiful as well. And so... We at Awaken Church are committed to being shepherds of God's people. We authentically disciple. We lead people because we know the value that God has placed on them. See, you can see the nature of a, king's, of a king by the quality of his kingdom. And I'll explain. Has anyone here seen The Lion King? Any Lion King fans? Came out before I was born, but I really love that movie. Only like, only like a few years, okay? Only a few years. And um, love that movie. I'm not talking about the live action one. Live action one is trash. I'm sorry if you love it. I'm sorry. They didn't even put, they didn't even put Be Prepared in it. Like, this is the Lion King. Anyways. So when Mufasa was king, the land was flourishing. The, the crops were there. The gazelles were ready to be eaten. Like, the land was prospering. The land was prospering because they had a good king. They had a just king, a king with a good heart who looked after his people. There's a quote in The Lion King, which I think is really beautiful, and I, I might butcher the wording of it, but, but Mufasa is teaching somebody, he's teaching the prince, the next generation, how to be king. And he says, a good king doesn't look to see what he can receive, but what he could truly give his people. And so Mufasa was a king who was looking to provide and protect for the people that God or his, you know, God, yeah, had given him. But, but when Scar became king, then the land became corrupt. It became barren. There was, there was death. Why? Because he was a corrupt king. Because the nature that he had was reflected in the kingdom that was given to him. And so when we are good, when we have the nature of God in us and we're leading with that conviction, what we rule is going to begin to look like God. See, we've all experienced some scars. We've all experienced some, some bad leaders, you know, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, you know, I'll say it. And we can see the results in our kingdom and our gas prices, you know. And so the Bible says that when the righteous rule, that the people will prosper. And so God is desiring to affect us, to transform us from the inside out, to make us shepherds. We're not celebrity Christians. We're not celebrity leaders. We are authentic shepherds who love our people, and we see them with heaven's eyes. Can I get an amen? Come on. So I'll ask us, where can we be found? Can we be found with the sheep? 
A few years ago, I was doing youth ministry. I was like just finishing the internship, and I'm like, let's go. This is amazing. And I found that I was actually doing it for the wrong reasons. I was doing the right thing, but what I was looking is like, oh, how can we build the most epic youth ministry that's big, that's, that has width, but it actually was lacking depth. It was actually lacking love for people and authenticity. And God began to transform my heart and actually pulled me out of some environments that I was in to begin to work on my heart and give me, give me the, right, uh, the right spirit so I could produce the right results. And there was a time where um, I was actually accused of, of some things that weren't true. And, and I'll be the first to admit, I've done a lot of really stupid stuff. So I don't know if anyone's like me, but I've made so many mistakes. Oh, my gosh. But this happened to be one of them that I hadn't made, right? And I was actually asked to uh, step down from the worship team for a little bit. And I remember I was like, but God, I didn't do anything, you know, like full victim mode. And God's like, son, lift, lift up your eyes. That wasn't, a, that wasn't a lift up your eyes reference for the record. That was like subtle. <laughs> Lift up your eyes. Check it out. Uh, Spotify. No. Um, <laughs> but God had to help me lift my head because God has made me an overcomer in Christ Jesus. I'm not a victim. I'm not broken down and beat down, but we are designed to overcome. And can I tell you, it doesn't matter your circumstance. It doesn't matter your situation. God has designed you to overcome. You are the head, not the tail, above only, never beneath. You were designed to overcome. And so through that time, God began to develop me. He began to give me the right heart. And then um, when I came out on the other side of it, I actually was able to step into the leadership stuff that I'm doing now. And so just know that God will honor your heart. So you guys ready for point number two? Point number two. Pick number three, my Lord. You guys know what I'm talking about? Shrek reference. Okay. Number two, God tests in the unjust. God tests. That's right. That's right. God will test in the unjust. So just a quick update. So King David had gone. He was bold, courageous. He killed Goliath. Let's go. What I love about this is he didn't just take Goliath down with the stone, but he actually killed him. He actually cut his head off. There's some things in our lives that we're not meant to just take down. We're not meant to just cripple, but we're actually meant to kill in our lives because they are opposing God. See, what Goliath has God allowed to be echoing in your land that you've actually been assigned to kill? There's an assignment on your life to kill Goliath as a David. And so uh, this is really beautiful. So David wasn't actually disqualified by his position before he was called in to, be, to become a king. You know, it's really interesting. Sometimes we think, hey, we got to promote ourselves. We have to put ourselves in a position where we can actually excel, where we can actually be able to step into the assignment on our life. But David was out with the sheep. You know, what's really interesting. Because David was anointed by God, because he was called by God, God actually called him out of the field and into the palace. See, sometimes you don't have to try to position yourself. You don't have to try to defend yourself. You don't have to try to make yourself look good. You just have to be committed to being faithful to God and what he's asked you to do. And so David kills Goliath. And so he's thinking, okay, now's the time. I'm ready for the throne. What's up? I'm ready for this throne. I've been preparing. I've been playing some worship music. You know, I've been killing some lions and some bears. And unfortunately, David's king, David's leader, uh, was riddled with an insecure spirit. 
So the man who is supposed to be promoting David, the one who is supposed to be lifting him up and raising him up into the, as the next king, was actually the one who was trying to kill him. Like, literally, he, like, tried to kill him. And David had a decision here. He could say, you know what? I'm throwing in the towel. Clearly, I'm not anointed to be king because this man is trying to kill me. But he decided, you know, I'm going to be faithful anyways with what God has put in my hands. And David was actually called to come and serve Saul while Saul was still king. You know what's interesting? Sometimes God's going to ask you to serve the one who's actually treating you unjustly who is actually persecuting you, who is called to raise you up. God will call you to serve them. Why? Because God is trying to get the right heart, the right nature, and the right spirit in you so that when you do become king, you are a good king that carries his heart and his nature. See, if God doesn't promote, if God doesn't test our character and refine our character, when we get to the palace, we will be a bad king, we'll be a cruel king, but when God knows that he can trust us to be faithful in the little, trust us to be faithful in the unjust, when it's time for us to rule and lead, we'll be able to lead with compassion, we'll be able to lead with justice, with love, and with mercy. And so King David was, was brought into a place. And so what I love about King, what King David is that he decided, hey, you know what? I may not have the title, but I still have the anointing. I still have the call, so I'm going to raise some people up. So David began to raise up mighty men, the Bible says. It was the ones that other people disqualified the ones that other people counted out. David said, you know what? I see the gold in you. I see the God in you, and I'm going to pull it out. I'm going to develop you. I'm going to show you how to throw the spear with the right hand and with the left hand. I'm going to make you a mighty man. Man, see, who has God put in your life that, that he's called you to make a mighty man? Who can you look and see the gold that is inside of them? Pastor, you're going to land are the best at this. When they look at someone, they see, this is what God has anointed them for. This is what God has put in them. And so I encourage us, do we disqualify others or do we see the God inside of them? So David was faithful to raise up mighty men. Um, do you guys, anyone here love Star Wars? Any Star Wars fans? I think this is really beautiful. This story makes me think of Anakin Skywalker. Let's go Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker was created with a purpose, with an assignment, with a destiny to destroy the Sith, to destroy the darkness. But what's really interesting about Anakin is Anakin actually delayed his own destiny because he was so caught up in the injustice in front of him that it didn't allow him to step into his own destiny. See, we have an opportunity to honor even when it's not easy. Honor even in the injustice. Uh, this is a really powerful and beautiful thing. Uh, we're going to read our next verses that are going to kind of speak to this. King David, just a little, again, quick context. King David has his mighty men. They're out here killing some bad guys, doing what they do. And Saul decides, I'm going to hunt down David again. So this is where we picked up. So after Saul returned from fighting the Philistines, the true enemy, he was told that David had gone into the wilderness of En-Jedi. En-Jedi. Come on, Anakin Skywalker. Next verse. Come on, it's, it's, it's just prophetic. It's just prophetic. So Saul chose 3,000 elite troops from all of Israel and went to search for David and his men near the walks of the wild goats. So I have any goats in here? Is anyone the goat? I think Joe Mar Martinez is the goat. That's what I think. Sorry, sorry, Tom Brady, you're not the goat. Anyways, at the place where the road passes some of the sheepfolds, Saul went to a cave to relieve himself. And I always am like praying. It's talking about peeing. Like, is that what he means? I really hope. That's what relieve yourself means. 
But as it happened, David and his men were hiding far back in the, in the sorry, further back in the, that very cave. Wow, in that cave. A view they didn't ask for, but they got. Next verse. Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward and cut off a piece of Saul's rope. This is uh, really interesting. David's men were not looking from a heavenly perspective. They weren't looking from, from God's eyes. They were looking from humanity's eyes. They're like, now's your time. Strike him down. Now's your time to become king. But, but uh, we're going to see in a minute. I love David because he's, he's asked, would say, who am I to strike the Lord's anointed? Who am I to destroy what God has, has raised up? And so even here, as David cuts off a little bit of the robe, even then he feels a conviction. Even then he's like, you know what? That was not mine to, to, to cut. That, that justice was not mine to take. You know, the Bible says that vengeance is mine, says the Lord. He doesn't say vengeance is yours. Go get it. That's, that's my issue with the whole like BLM movement is I'm going to go take justice. I'm going to go take vengeance. How about we surrender? How about we forgive and we allow God to be our vindicator? We allow God to be our justice. So we're going to pull up the next verse. Next verse. He said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do this to my Lord, the king. Look at the honor. I shouldn't attack the Lord's anointed one, for the Lord himself has chosen him. Powerful. Next verse. So David restrained his men. Good job, David. Good leadership. Are you causing division when when injustice happens to you? Do you know how to restrain your men? And did not let them kill Saul. They wanted to. After Saul left the cave and gone on his way, David came out and shouted after him, my Lord, the king. And when Saul looked around, David bowed before him. How beautiful. David humbled himself. Then he shouted to Saul, why do you listen to the people who say I'm trying to harm you? This very day, you can see with your own eyes that that it isn't true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. He's not trying to flex. He's trying to show his heart. For I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. That is so beautiful. See, David had a conviction of the anointing. Because he honored the anointing, the anointing came to him later on. See, are you willing to honor it? Are you able to lead even when you're not the leader? See, David, David didn't wait for the title. He didn't wait for the perfect circumstance. He decided, I'm going to be faithful now with what God has put in my hands. Point number three. You guys ready for point number three? Amazing. You were created to reign. Uh, In Genesis, it it says that God created man in his likeness and in his image. Likeness, another word for likeness is his nature. He created us like him. And the Bible said that he created us and he told us, I've given you dominion to go out and subdue the world. And this is powerful. God has given you dominion. He's made you the head, not the tail. He's made you king and priest. He's made you above everything in the world, every spirit. He's made you king. And sometimes we, we try to reject the dominion. We try to reject the crown that God has given us out of a place of insecurity, out of a place of fear. We're like, God, you, you can't help me there. You should see what I've done. You should see the mistakes I've made. But you never qualified yourself, so you can never disqualify yourself. See, God wants to put his crown on you. He wants to put his crown on you. 
you are created just like him. You are created with his power and with his authority. David eventually stepped in. He became king over Israel. And when he did, he was known as a man after God's heart. What I love about this is David made some mistakes. He saw a girl in the hot tub. He's like, I want that. Sleeps with her. She's not his wife. Then kills her husband. That's not cool, right? And and David is, is still known after God's heart. Why? Not because he was perfect, but because he had a heart after God, because he was repentant when he made a mistake, because he knew his father well enough to know, hey, I may have made a mistake, but I can run home. I can always come home. I can always come home. So God was able to put a crown on David, and David was known as a king. He set the precedent for all the kings to come of Israel because he was a man after God's own heart. He was a worshiper and a warrior. And I want to tell you today, God is ready to to put his crown on you. He's ready to give you dominion. There's a principle in the Bible called the law of first mention, meaning this, if, if something is said for the first time, it's the most pure form of that principle. And so when, when God said, here, go take dominion, he meant it. He didn't mean like take dominion until you mess up or like take domin- dominion until it's convenient for me f- for you to no longer take dominion. He actually gave you an assignment, a mantle, an anointing to take dominion everywhere you go. Did you know that you are called to impact, to influence, to lead others around you? You are called to be an example to those around you. People should look at us as Christians and say, I want what is on their life. What, what is it that is different about them? It's the kingdom of God that is different about them. It's not like this world. It does, we, we don't carry the spirit of this world. We carry the spirit of God. And so David stepped into that, became a phenomenal king, and, and uh, God actually honored him by sending Jesus Christ through his lineage, through his legacy. See, when we honor the house of God, God honors our house. See, maybe, maybe today you, there's a sacrifice a little bit in what God has asked you to do when it comes to honoring him, when it comes to being obedient. Maybe it's vision builders. Maybe it's a choice that you have to make. But God is going to honor your house as you honor him. God wants to put a crown on your head. See, we may be able to change God's decisions through prayer, but we could never change his nature. No matter what you've done, God is still good. No matter how how many mistakes you've made, God is still kind. No matter the mountaintops that you've been on the achievements, God is still merciful. And so this morning, this afternoon, God wants to put a crown on your head. And I really believe he's taking down a disqualifying spirit. He's taking down a lie that some people believe that I'm not good enough, that I could never wear a crown, I could never be a king. And he's gonna put a crown on your head this morning. And as he does, you're gonna step into the anointing. You're gonna step into the assignment that he has for you. You were never meant to be a victim. You were never meant to live underneath. And Jesus Jesus was so committed to doing this. He, he couldn't picture life without you or me that he actually put some action to it. He actually did something about it. See, we're in a generation, lots of talk, not a lot of action happening. But what I love about God is he said, I love my son, I love my daughter too much to live without them. And so he sent Jesus Christ, his one and only son, to experience 
our sin, to become sin, to be whipped, beaten, bruised, to experience humanity, all the desires of the flesh, all the temptations, everything that, that we have experienced as humans. He sent Jesus to come and experience that so that Jesus could die so that we could have everlasting life. And he traded his imperfection or his perfection for our imperfection. He said, you know what? I love them too much to see them without the crown that I want to put on their head. In fact, I'll go ahead and take this crown of thorns so that way they could wear the crown of heaven. And so Jesus came and he suffered the persecution, he suffered the beating, and he suffered the pain so that we can live a life free of sin, free of regret, free of condemnation. And so Jesus came on earth, he lived as a man, and then he was beaten by the very ones that he came to save. They spit on him, they hurt him, they harmed him. And finally, he allowed himself to be killed, to be persecuted on that cross. But I love God because he didn't stay on that cross. He rose again three days later in resurrection and in power. He rose in power so that we could experience power on this earth, life and life abundantly. We were never meant to experience anything but God's power, but God's victory that he had for us. So after he rose again, then he purchased our crown. He purchased our redemption, our freedom, so that we could live in the victory of Jesus Christ, so that we could become more than conquerors in Christ Jesus, so that we could take the ground, so we could take the territory, so we could purchase the home, so we could be bold, and so that we could be courageous. And, and this morning, God wants to give you an opportunity to encounter him. See, at Awaken Church, we're not just a religious function. We're not just a check the box, get in, get out. I made it for the day. But we want a real, authentic encounter with God, a real relationship with our Heavenly Father. And what I love about God is that when Jesus went up to heaven, he didn't say, good luck, all right, I'll see you when you get up here to heaven. He actually sent uh, the Holy Spirit to come live with us. He actually sent empowerment, a helper for us, a counselor our ever-present help in time of need. And so we're all gonna close our eyes and bow our heads. And if you want an encounter with the living God, if you're tired of dead things, if you're tired of religion, if you're tired of just going through the motions, if you need life and you need life abundantly, I'm just gonna ask with no one else looking around, this isn't a religious act, but that you would just lift your hand so I could pray for you. And God is gonna put his crown on your head. He's gonna restore your image of yourself. He's gonna restore your belief in him. He's gonna restore your hope. So one, don't worry about anyone else. Two, if King David could dance naked on the streets, we can, we can be bold here. Three, if that's you, just go ahead and lift your hand. I see your hand. Beautiful. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand up there in the back. So proud of you. So proud of you. So proud of you. I see your hand. He's restoring your identity. He's restoring your royalty this morning. If, if you feel like you're less than God's restoring that this morning. Just go ahead and be bold. Lift your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand. Beautiful. We're going to pray. Jesus, I thank you so much for your sacrifice, sir, for what you did on the cross over 2,000 years ago. 
I thank you for your redemption, God. I thank you right now, Lord, that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. I thank you. You put a crown on our head. Right now, I break a disqualifying spirit in Jesus' name. I bind any lie of the enemy that they're not good enough. Lord, your blood was good enough for their salvation, for their redemption, God, to make them kings and priests. So, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for an impartation of identity in Jesus' name. I release it right now in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you for boldness and confidence and courage to go out in the assignment that you have given them. So if that was you and you raise your hand, just repeat after me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago. Lord, right now I turn from my sin. I turn from my old ways. And God, I turn back to your heart. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. And you are my King. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.